Do you want to take your creative real estate to the next level? I recently teamed up with some high-level syndicators to create the first true apartment network right here in Denver. Denver Apartment Network is a group of investors focused on achieving passive income through a creative strategy called syndications. To register for the next event for free, you'll find the link in today's show notes. I'll see you there. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. All right, you found the Creative Real Estate Podcast where you'll learn innovative ideas to structure your real estate transactions. On this podcast, I'll share with you the knowledge you need to be able to utilize strategies like lease options, subject to owner finance, and partnering with the right people to get deals done and make some money. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and through this podcast, I'll show you how. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. If you like this content, please stop by iTunes and leave a five-star rating. That way, the podcast can attract more great guests that you can pick up nuggets from. Today, I'm joined with Ryan Gibson from Spartan Capital, and he's done a lot of really interesting things. I think you'll learn a lot. So with that said, Ryan, how'd you get into real estate? Hey, Adam. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we, we started with, uh, we started Spartan Investment Group about, uh, about three and a half, four years ago now. And, but my first kind of real estate deal, just sort of to put myself on the map, I guess, um, is I actually ran uh, pilot housing in Philadelphia and Washington, D.C. Um, I kind of, I worked in the airlines as a pilot and, and basically it's uh, common for pilots to have to need a place to live and uh, when they're on the road and checking in prior to their, their, their trip that their company uh, pays for. So they have to have some kind of short-term housing. They need a place to stay, you know, three to four times a month. They fly in, they, um, I set up an entire living arrangement for them and they pay me basically a monthly rent for that. So two um, questions. So uh, yeah. these, first off, these are called crash pads, which is ironic because these are for the pilots. Yes. Second, <laughs> secondly, <laughs> secondly um, so who pays for it? You were saying they, is that the airline or the pilot? The pilot does. Okay. And so you set up crash pads uh, in what areas? Where did you do this? So I had one in Philadelphia and one in Washington, D.C. So right around the uh, Washington uh, National Airport. And then okay. uh, one right, right outside of the Philadelphia airport. So kind of right around the property and they want walking distance and they, you know, they prefer to have, hmm. you know, an arrangement where it's not very difficult to get to. And uh, sometimes you can't be in the safest neighborhoods, but you know, cause around the airport, sometimes you're just kind of, kind of subject to whatever the, the neighborhoods are. Um, and um, yeah, they pay for it. And then obviously when they start their trip, the company pays for all their hotels and things like that. But um, okay. some guys like to live and, you know, places like, uh, you know, middle of the country um, where they don't have a pilot base, so they have to commute to, uh, to start their place to work. Mm. So um, happens all over the industry. And cool. um, yeah, so it's a great. Uh, how, how do the numbers look? What do the numbers look like? <laughs> um, you know, it's usually you can rent uh, an apartment, you know, a, a pretty sizable apartment, you know, in our nation's capital. And this is years ago. So I don't know what it is now. But you know, right around twenty five hundred dollars for expenses, and right around thirty five hundred for uh, for rent. So you know, you clear about a thousand bucks. You know, and and when I was just getting started in real estate, you know, I was in my early twenties, um, and uh, you know, it was a nice you know nice way to make some extra money. Um, but obviously, we've moved on to you know much bigger and better things now. Um, we're uh, you know developing uh, self storage, 
and multifamily, um, you know, all over the country and, and syndicating. So we're doing um, some pretty creative projects now um, and finding some really good deals, um, you know, around the country that uh, investors have a chance to invest, invest in. So, wow. So, um, so you've, you've got, you're actually building these from, from, yes. from land. Okay. And so uh, what, first off, what areas do you go to, to find uh, where you should be developing? Sure. So we actually have our own internal system that our team built uh, that, that sources um, leads. And, uh, and then we have our own internal team do our feasibility. So, um, you know, we'll go into a, you know, do an MSA or a particular part of the country and we'll find the deal. And then if the demand and the market analysis supports what we want to do, what we want to accomplish and it meets our, our objectives, then we'll execute the plan to uh, do that facility. So right now, we're in Washington, D.C., uh, we're in uh, Texas, uh, we're in Denver, Colorado, uh, we're in the suburbs of uh, Detroit, Michigan, and hmm. we're also in Seattle, Washington. So we're in some pretty strong markets. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, but we're looking uh, nationwide. And uh, you did talk about syndicating, and I know that, you know, cap rates, a lot of people are talking about them being so compressed, like in uh, places like Washington, and of course, here in Denver, where I am, um, it's it's the talk of the town, right? So sure. I guess my question would be, um, when you're doing this, what does it look like for your passive investors with a syndication? How, how do you sell sure. it? Well, you know, uh, it's funny you ask that. You know, I'm kind of laughing at cap rates. We just acquired a 28 cap property. Hmm. So unbelievable wow. deal. Um, it was off market. So we've, we've been doing a lot of off market. Um, uh, we, we work really hard to find a deal that's very juicy and good for our investors. Now there aren't a lot of 28 caps sitting out there on the market that everybody can pick over and do. Um, but we, uh, we just acquired actually an RV park in West Texas. So for that one, investors got about a 26.3% annualized cash on cash return. And then they get, so they get profit on the monthly income that we earn on the, on the, on the, uh, on the park. And they also get, um, obviously, you know, they benefit from the sale of the property um, through the, uh, the equity that we, uh, that we build up because we're going to do some repositioning um, and raise rents and improve operations and create an owner's manual for the property and things like that. So, so you said this was a 28 cap? Yes. Yes. So it was, a, did so I lose you? you? No, you're, no, you're good. I, I think we just okay. talked at the same time, but you got a 28 cap um, and this was from <laughs> off market. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. It was an off market deal. And uh, we actually have a, an, an app that we've developed that um, helps us source our leads. So this app and, and the app itself didn't find the property, but the app, you know, kind of connected us with some brokers on another project that we had to pass on. And then we ended up stumbling upon this deal just through networking. And, um, you know, it was five, there was a, there was some brothers that were trying to sell the property, uh, kind of arguing over the, you know, the, the keep it, sell it, buy it, you know, typical, um, typical off market stuff, like you would see in a regular single family. Mm. Um, and, um, and, and the problem, the problem really was, is, you know, it was a very unlendable deal due to um, the past history and performance of the project. However, um, things have really turned around in the last six months in the area and the property has been performing at a 28 cap, it's a you know, really good project. So for that, we, 
for our investors, um, our investors are getting about a 26.3% cash on cash annualized return. And yeah. they're making that money through uh, quarterly distributions on operational revenue. And they're also mm -hmm. making the cap that, that getting to that 26% on the disposition of the property when we go to sell. Um, okay. So, yeah. um, so I guess my question is they're getting um, an annualized 26 cash on cash up front and then they're going to get another 26% no back? Uh, oh. it's it's about 15% as we um, okay. as we roll and then about another 10% when we sell okay so irr numbers irr is about 22% okay cool that's yeah. that's awesome yeah congrats to those investors and what kind of deal was that again what so it was 100 asset class yeah, yeah, sure. It was a 102 unit RV park. Oh yeah. RV park. Um, yep. and you said that you're also doing, um, you're doing ground up building multifamily and, um, and storage units. You're, do you have any storage units in Denver right now? Yeah. So there's one, uh, storage facility that we're about to raise capital for. Mm. And that is, it's in the Denver, it's not in Denver, but it's in the sub market of Denver. And it's a, um, an existing, existing storage facility that we found, again, off market. Oh. And the, yeah, so the, that storage facility is, um, is, uh, is expandable. So we can actually double the size of the facility based on the current market demand. So wow. we're, we're essentially um, going to buy the facility. The investors get a, a little bit of cash flow, not much. And then we're going to go ahead and expand the facility. And then at the disposition, that's where we really, they really get paid out uh, well is when we sell the facility to, a, you know, more of an institutional buyer. So. Okay. I like, I want to stick onto this. What was the going in cap rate that the, the actualized uh, T12 cap? About 8%. Wow. I didn't, I, I'm impressed that you found that. And, um, and then you said something that was very interesting that I think is uh, really good for the listeners to hear. You, you talked about uh, being able to do something value add. So a creative way of taking, uh, I, 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 well, how many units was it again? hundred? So the, the current square footage is about 12,000 square feet. So it's about, yeah, I would say I, I don't have the exact unit count in front of me. Okay. Um, but, you know, we, we use a little bit of a different metric um, at our organization. We look at most, we look at, uh, you know, gross potential rent income because we, we don't do anything under 200,000 gross potential rent income because we just want to make sure that we're getting a ROT a return on time um, for the, you know, for taking over a facility, putting all the management in place and doing the things that we have to run the facility. So for this one, um, it's 12, about 12,000 square feet existing. And then we can mm. add about 12 to 15,000 square feet because um, the property conveys with about an extra acre of land. Wow. Um, that, that's awesome. Um, so yeah. let me ask you, once, once that happens, um, what's the new gross potential rent? I don't have that number in front of me. I, I apologize, Adam. Okay. Um, yeah. Would I don't, it be safe to yeah. say it basically doubles? So just like the size basically doubles, it, it, you pretty much get twice as much. Uh, Correct. Okay. That's All right. right. Great. So maybe, maybe around 200 uh, more. So maybe 400 K plus. That's awesome. And, um, and did, have you looked at the numbers on what it takes to kind of um, to do the construction on that? Yes. Yeah. So typically, um, you know, just, just single story expansion of self-storage is anywhere from 30 to uh, $45 a square foot. 
Um, and, and so it just depends on, you know, the jurisdiction depends on your grading, depends on if you have to do stormwater detention, uh, depends on how much site work is involved, permitting fees, things like that. But anywhere in that 30 to $45, uh, per square foot range, you know, 30 being on the incredibly low end and, you know, 45, 50 being on the, um, you know, the, the higher end, uh, depending on, um, you know, the amount of site work you have to do. Uh, that's great. I like that. How many, how many storage unit, how many all together with storage units and multifamily, how many um, doors have you done doors or units have you done in your career? Well, right now we have, um, we're money partners on a, on a storage facility in Michigan. That's going to have just under a thousand units. Um, okay. That'll be delivering this summer. And then we're um, developing our own storage facility, hundred percent that we've done a syndication for in uh, the Seattle, uh, a submarket of Seattle <clears throat> in the Maple Valley area, that's going to have about 650 units. Um, okay. And then we, and then we have this facility under contract. We have 102 unit uh, facility in uh, the West Texas area. Um, that's uh, that I mentioned previously. And then Washington DC, we've probably delivered about uh, 12 to 15 units in the past couple of years. Um, you know, we also are horizontaling land. So we're taking land and entitling it in Washington, DC. We just did a, a recent deal where we took four lots and it rezoned that land and sold it as um, 11 lots okay. uh, to a home wow. builder. So, so they, call, they call that verticaling it when you entitle it? Yeah. So when we, when we do just the plans and permits and entitle the land, that's called the horizontal. So you just mm -hmm. do, just do all the paperwork. Okay. And then oh, the, then somebody... Yeah. And when the guy buys it, he's going to do the vertical. So that's that. Yep. Okay. I, I got the concept now. I'm not a developer myself. But <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds awesome. I like it. Um, all right. So tell me about the structure of, of some of these deals. Are, are these accredited investors only or are they uh, 506 B? No, we do both. We do reg D offerings under both 506 B and C depending okay. on the project. Um, I would probably say we're 50-50. I'd probably say half of our projects we do under 506B. So we, we accept unaccredited investors that we have a pre-existing relationship with. And then the, um, you know, about other half are the 506C offerings, which we can uh, put out marketing for that are open, only open to accredited investors. So we do a mix of both. Okay. Okay. And uh, this is for the listeners. And Ryan, you didn't ask me to do this. So you're uh, in the clear but if you want to get to know Ryan better and be in on some uh, 506B some other time in the road, go and be his friend now. <laughs> and then <laughs> when that one comes up, if you're not accredited, you'll be able to uh, probably invest. So uh, that's, that's right. But yeah, go and, go and meet Ryan now today. And then uh, when that comes up, you'll have that opportunity. All right. So uh, I'm glad you didn't have to plug that. But um, let's see, what other, what other things are you doing now today? Did we cover it all, uh, all the individual types of assets you're investing in? Yeah, so um, I, think, I think before we had talked a little bit about before the call, just, uh, you know, I have a self-directed IRA and I have yeah. a self-directed 401k. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, just as investors have used their retirement accounts to invest with us passively, I've actually done the same for other syndicators. So I have um, a passive investment with another self-storage operator. And also I'm invested in a horizontal land deal uh, mm -hmm. where the developer is taking a neighborhood and turning it into 20 um, entitled lots. Great. Um, 
and then I own, uh, I'm, I'm invested in a multifamily syndication and then I'm invested in a um, ground up development syndication. So. Wow. Yeah. you you definitely have a lot of uh, really interesting experience. I, I like everything that you guys are doing. Tell us a little bit, tell us a little bit more about Spartan capital. If you could give a, give me a sales pitch on what, on what you guys do. Yeah, sure. So it's a uh, Spartan investment group. Okay. Sorry. Spartan. Investment. No, yeah, you're, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. There's a lot of Spartans out there. So Spartan Investment Group. So our 15 second pitch is that we find, we fund, and we finish. So we do the three F. So we find a project where we have a full-time acquisitions person, uh, Ben Lapidus, who is, who is beating the streets, networking with brokers, and looking all over the United States uh, for the right projects that meet our, our very specific criteria for self-storage, which is the 200K GPRI and value add potential, or we do ground up development of storage where all the value and equity is made. Um, we have, uh, we, we then fund the project. So we, um, if it passes our in-house feasibility, we have Lindsay Lewis, who's our director of business intelligence. She does all of our feasibility studies. So, you know, age, demographic, income levels, things like that. Then it, if it passes that test, then my role in the company is to go out and raise the money so we will fund the project either through um, debt financing or through investor capital. So um, passive investors will invest. We'll bridge that with either a loan or sometimes we just do the entire deal all cash uh, with investors. Mm -hmm. And then we have, we have the operations and Scott Lewis and, uh, and Jackie are both kind of our asset slash operations, um, you know, individual individuals on the, on the, uh, in the company, they, they bid out all the work, they do RFPs, they select vendors and they <clears throat> operate the deals. So, and then we do a quarterly distribution or we do a big payout when the, when the properties sell. And that's, uh, that's essentially what we do. And, uh, you know, I, I think I went a little longer than 30 seconds, but <laughs> no, kind of the, uh, the yeah. long term. Yep. One of the things that I liked about um, how you explained your company is that you really shared uh, what each different member is doing. And that's something that I, I think is a, a big thing as well. Um, your team, you're, talk, you're talking about somebody focuses on what they do the best and, they, and you go out and raise money, raise money. You know, Ben um, goes out and does what he does. And then Jackie and Scott, they have their job. And I think it, segregating it allows you to be able to grow faster and farther. And it goes, when we look at your portfolio of thousands of units uh, that you either have under contract or already um, behind you, uh, it goes show, I, I think anyway, that somebody who tried to wear all five of your hats at the same time would probably be beating their head against the wall, hopefully wearing a helmet. But for you guys, <laughs> <laughs> for you guys, um, it seems like everybody on the team is just having a lot of fun doing the thing that they do best. Um, so I hope, uh, people get that from what you said. Absolutely. And you know, we, we really are, I'm, I feel fortunate to have the team that I have because I feel like everybody has a different skill set that's really complimentary. I mean, you know, Jackie, for example, used to work at, um, Hilton headquarters in Washington, DC as a project manager, and she used to run Marriott hotel chains. So she's got the operations experience you know, when you're looking at taking over an RV park or a storage, you know, to know kind of the ins and outs of what goes into that. And she's got an education in that as well. And, you know, same thing with Scott, you know, Scott has 
his PMP certification. He was an adjunct professor at uh, project management. Okay. Yeah. So he's got his, um, that designation, he has a ton of accolades and just, um, you know, he used to actually teach project management in the graduate program at um, Catholic University in Washington, DC. And then Lindsay, I mean, talk about knowing how to research. I mean, she used to basically hunt down terrorists for the um, intelligence community in DC. And so she knows a thing or two about research and finding things and um, putting stuff together. And obviously Ben has um, acquired, I think, um, you know, before coming on to Spartan, he had a 40 unit apartment building and he's, he's bought and sold, I think at least 40 or 50 houses. Um, wow. That's, that is impressive. Yeah. So he's uh so he's a great add to that and he has a background in finance. So he knows, you know, not only when we get these deals on our plate to look at, he knows how to underwrite them and do the, um, you know, the financial backbone, <clears throat> see if it meets our criteria mm -hmm. and me. Well, I'm just, I just like to talk a lot. So <laughs> I just, I, I network, um, I get my name out there. Um, you know, I have a lot of really good personal relationships that I've developed with people over the years, um, who invested with us and I'm looking to continue growing those relationships. Um, and I'm just very passionate about what I do. Um, you know, my, my favorite, my favorite part of this business is when I get to write a check and pay an investor uh, for investing in us. And that, I think that just gives me a, a heck of a lot of, um, I mean, I like paying myself, but I, I get more reward from paying an investor. I mean, I think it's, a, it's awesome to be able to, you know, write somebody a 17%, you know, a return on their money in, you know, about a year or, you know, last year we did a, a, a nice payout of, of about a 12% cash on cash in six months or about a 24% annualized. And that's just, that just makes me really happy that, you know, we were able to buy the project, um, you know, fund it and perform and then pay out the, the, the investors. I think that's, you know, the most rewarding part. I, I like that a lot. Uh, will you tell the listeners uh, one thing that you think might get them from where they are today to the level that your company is at? Yeah. So I would say always find something that, you know, find your, find the place in the market where you can add value. You know, um, you know, some people, you know, it's easy to flip houses, not easy, but it's, it's, it's easy to get into that because it's, it's in the, it's in the, um, you know, it's in the news. It's, it's on the TV. It's, it's, um, at all your local RIAs. It, it seems like something that everybody's doing. So you want to do it, but just know that there's more out there. You can do office retail, you can do medical, you can do storage, you can do mobile home parks, you can do multifamily syndications and buy a 150 unit apartment building. You can flip, you know, a hundred houses a year. So just, I would just say, get to know the landscape and kind of understand what you want to do within that landscape and what fits you the best. Okay. Um, because, you know, and I think, and I think that's really, um, you know, what I would do first to, to sort of expand. And, and then once you pick your topic, learn every, as much as you can about it and, and dive in. Are you ready for the final five? I am. We'll get right into the final five, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Want daily interviews with real estate investors and none of the fluff? Go to bestevershow.com where Joe Fairless interviews daily real estate investors and entrepreneurs about their best advice ever. Go to bestevershow.com. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. 
Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Text meetup to 555-888. All right. What's the most creative deal you've done? The most, most creative deal that we've done has been um, a, uh, it was a, the self-storage in the Seattle metro area. Uh, we're buying the land about a half a million bucks We're um, we've done all the, we're doing all the entitlements um, for, you know, a couple hundred thousand and we're going to build the facility for about 8 million. And we have a valuation uh, for a CFO of about 20 million, or we could lease up the facility and, and, and push it above that valuation. Um, investors uh, are in that project already. It's fully funded. So we have $50,000 gets you 1% of the deal. Um, investors get all of their money back year four when we do the refinance of the building. And they also get uh, equity, you know, 1% ownership of the, all the cash flows and 1% of the disposition. So I think that's a, just an awesome creative deal that we can do for our investors and um, also get a nice return. Yeah, great for sharing that. I actually really like the way that you can structure that to create a win-win for the investors and come out of pocket with, you know, little to no money, but still have a, a great value toward you and everybody that works with you. I'm glad you shared that. Uh, what's your, well, what's a book that you would recommend? One book. I love the book Tax-Free Wealth because that book points you to what the government is trying to incentivize us to do, right? The taxes that we pay or we save um, are all, there's all motivations behind you know, giving somebody a deduction or a personal um, exemption to taxes because <clears throat> the government's trying to trying to incentivize certain behavior, um, and that book really dives deep into how to do that. Yeah, I I need to read that book. That sounds like a good one. Uh, where were you five years ago, Brian, and where will you be in five years from today? So five years ago, I was in Washington D.C. I was a consultant for the FAA. Um, I was doing a lot of regulatory work for them. Um, and I was a pilot for a U.S. Airways Express carrier in Washington, D.C. And I was working really hard, working, working, uh, working, you know, 70, 80 hours a week and saving my money to start uh, what is now our company that we've uh, we've grown to five full time employees and a lot of assets under management. Uh, with that said, you were talking about five full-time employees. How do you pay the people that were, are working for you? Yeah, so we actually just did our budget projections for the year. So we do salaries mm. um, for for our employees. We have a not not to not to get way down into the rabbit hole, but we have an S corp structure <clears throat> for each of the members of the of the property. We pay our our, our salaries through that. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then obviously through equity and through ownership of the LLC. Great. And, and in, did you say where, where do you think you'll be five years from today? Five years from today, uh, we want to have over a hundred million of, uh, assets under management, um, either through ground up development or through acquisition and value add. Mm -hmm. And, um, we want to have, um, you know, 30 million of, uh, equity, uh, investor capital raised um, over that time period. We're at, we're at about eight million now, and um, I'd like to be retired. I think that'd be great. 
Perfect. <laughs> no, we want we want to keep growing our company, and um, you know, we, we envision it to be a fifty person company, um, and where we do a lot of development and just provide a lot of value to investors. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I I am eager to see your hundred million in five years or less, and you sipping cocktails on the beach. Uh, <laughs> how do you give back? What's your favorite way to give back? So our company's mission statement is to improve lives through real estate. And I know it sounds a little bit corny, but we actually do it. So, you know, whenever we work with a seller, we always try to find the angle that can help them out the most. And I'll give you just a real quick example. Please. So we had a, we had a property in Washington, D.C. not too long ago where the seller uh, was about to lose their property to tax sales. An abandoned house, it was burned in a fire, it was a you know, family house, no probate, no will, no estate, nothing. And our letter hit at the right place at the right time. And the seller said, hey, I want to work with you. We, we got an agreed upon sales price. We actually baked in um, attorney's fees. So we, 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 allowed, we gave an allotment to the seller so that she could hire an attorney and do all the probate and bring the house through its, you know, through its full uh, clean title process uh, so we could buy it. Okay. This, the, <clears throat> the seller got a great deal. And just before closing, we, we noticed that the, the seller was going to have to pay about 60000 in back taxes. We actually worked with the city and got all of her back taxes reduced to zero. So uh, we saved her about 60000 on the sale, even though we didn't have to do that. Uh, we went the extra mile and did that because it's in our, it's in our values. Interesting about the back taxes. So I, I usually I wouldn't uh, see a city forgiving the taxes. Was there any city liens, fines, um, code enforcements? Or was that all just back taxes? So it was a mix of both. And I think it really helped that my business partner, Scott, is a disabled veteran. And, you know, kind of taking that angle uh, with the city and then also the person who was selling the house was a DC fireman. So, <clears throat> so she, you know, going down, both going down to the city, um, we worked through some exemptions that exist with the city. So mm -hmm. we basically followed the law and used it to, um, you know, get her taxes reduced. We were actually able to, um, it, it's kind of a, it's a really long process. It just, the, the short of it is we got her, her tax status changed from blighted back to owner occupied um, because we were doing a home renovation and that wiped out a lot of back taxes, mm. which is, which is great. But you know, you kind of got to know what you're doing and you got to be able to put up with a lot of paperwork and things like that, which we were more than happy to do to help this person out. Um, it, you know, and this was, this was outside of the sales contract. I mean, we could have just bought the property and moved on, but we went the extra step to make sure she saved that money. So, um, you know, it was a really, really great opportunity. And we do that for every deal. I just wholesaled a deal, uh, last week and the movers bailed on the, on the seller at the last minute. So you know what I did? I flew all the way to DC from Seattle <clears throat> and I helped her move. Um, I literally loaded up the truck and I unloaded it because you know what? Like sometimes people fall on hard times and it's just the right thing to do. So great. Before we let you go, how do the listeners get a hold of you? How do they find you, your, your company or uh, meet you in person? Yeah, sure. So I'm in Seattle. My business partners are in Denver, but I get all over the country. So if anybody ever wants to meet me, I am more than happy to meet them. My email is Ryan, R Y A N at Spartan S P A R T A N dash investors dot com at spartan-investors.com that's our website as well www.spartan-investors.com 
and all of our, my contact information is all over that. And, you know, feel free to text or, or call 202-696-5112. All right, guys, you heard it. That's how you can get a hold of Ryan. Go down to the show notes. All of his information is there. Uh, Ryan, you've had a lot of value to the listeners. I really appreciate you coming on today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Adam. I really appreciate it. Hey, it's DJ, and I want to thank you for being a loyal listener. We're glad you keep listening to each episode, and I want to ask you to please take a minute to give us a five-star review. And remember, we are not attorneys or CPAs. This is just the stuff you bring to your advisors.